invite you to turn with me in your copy of the scripture this morning to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to talk about this subject of being grounded in the faith. Grounded in your faith. Um, if, you were, if you did not get a chance to finish filling that out, you can just drop that in the prayer box outside by the Welcome Center, and uh, we'll make sure that we get that this week. So if you're still filling those out, you can do that um, sometime between now and before you leave. Grounded in your faith, Colossians chapter 1. Just if there's ever a time for us as Christians to be grounded in our faith, it's now. It is said that the church is miles wide, but only inches deep. If you're someone who has roots to you, this might be a message that you'd be like, well, I, yeah, I, I get that, and I'm there. And I, to that, I would say, praise the Lord and listen anyway, because you might pick up something along the way. But my encouragement to you is, man, you may be here today and say, yeah, I've got some really good roots. See, that tree has some really good roots to it, and that keeps that tree from falling over in, in storms and in crisis. And maybe you're here today and you say, man, I've got some really good roots going. I encourage you to grow even deeper. If you're someone here today who maybe this walk with Christ is new for you, or maybe you found yourself not really experiencing growth or depth in your relationship for Christ, today I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for you to grow. We as the church stand at the moment of the greatest opportunity, I believe, that has been throughout history. You may say, well, what about when Jesus walked the earth? Yeah, that was cool, and that was great, and I'm so glad he came and did what he did for us. But we come at the precipice, I believe, at the second coming of Christ. When the greatest time in history to reach and to touch and to make a difference in this world is right in front of us as the body of Christ. I don't know how long that window might be. I believe that God is granting us a window of time in our nation to make an impact for the kingdom. As I said, I don't know how long that window might be, but we have got to decide as the body of Christ to take advantage of it. The only way we can do that is to be grounded and to be growing in our faith. The church, capital C, isn't built by human hands. It's not built by human might. If we're going to do great things for the Lord, there's only one person that builds the church. Jesus said it this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's not done by human might. It's not done by human power, but it's done only by the Spirit of the Lord. God is the one who builds His church. But we have an interesting part to play in the growth of us and how rooted we are and how awesome the opportunity is for us to go proclaim His goodness to others. There's a passage of Scripture. It's in Colossians. I think it's an interesting passage regarding this topic. It begins in verse 17 of Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. And it says this, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. 
For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Father, today I pray, let the power of God speak into our hearts this morning. God, move in us to to be challenged in this idea of growing in our faith, to following you on this path, to doing what we can do to to, uh, fulfill the things that you've called us to, and that's to touch the lives of people and to love our God. Lord, our God, we love our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors, ourselves. Help us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to break down this scripture before I give you a couple points. the verse 17, I noticed a couple things in verse 17 that are really cool. Verse 17 says this, he is before all things. He is before all things. In other words, it's saying this, he's the creator. All things were made by him. He, he was, he is, and he is to come. God was there in the beginning. Genesis says it so well. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. He was before all things. Not only is he the creator, but he goes on to say this in verse 17, he holds all things together. <laughs> You ever felt some time in your life when everything was not held together? When everything in your life was just like somebody just took a, a firecracker and just blew it up and it's... You know, we used to do some mischievous things when I was a kid. I know you find that hard to believe. One of the things we used to do was we would go and, and please, if you have children, plug their ears right now. Um, we would go and take M90s. Anybody know what an M90 is? M90 is a big old firecracker. They're illegal in most states, except Missouri. And on one uh, youth outing to Missouri, we loaded up our bags with all the money we had in our pocket. We loaded up our bags with bottle rockets and M90s and all that fun firecrackers and all that fun stuff. And I remember one night in particular, we were kind of going out doing some mischievous things. Not going to go into details, but one, one thing we did is we went to this gentleman's mailbox, and we said, I wonder what an M90 will do in a mailbox. It looked like a secure mailbox. None of us knew what was going to happen. And so we lit the M90, put it in the mailbox, shut the door. You know what happened? That mailbox blew up. I mean, it boom, door blew off. Any mail that was in it was shredded, on fire, burning. And we decided that probably wasn't a good thing. (laughs) But sometimes in our life, we go through times when you feel like somebody has taken an M90, put it in your life, shut the door, and boom! Everything is in disarray. This passage of Scripture I find so cool. It says, even when life seems like it's in disarray, this is what this speaks to me. Even though life is in disarray sometimes, God is the one who holds all things together. Even when things don't make sense, even when things are difficult in their heart, God is the one who holds all things together. During difficult times, when you should have been knocked out, when you're experiencing difficult seasons, when you should have been singing songs like, woe is me, but instead, 
there's joy in your life. When you should have quit, you press on and you endure. Why? Because God is holding you together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to move on to verse 18. There's a passage in verse 18, and verse 18 says this, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the head of the church. You know what that means? He's the boss. He's the CEO. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He runs the church. He has the last say-so on everything. I know this may sound crazy, but I'm just the pastor. He's the shepherd. I thank God that growing up, that model was in front of me. Thank God for a pastor who modeled what it meant to serve God and to put God in charge of the church. He had no idea what he was doing for the life of a teenager that was sitting underneath him. The model that he was showing that in all things Christ should be the head. It's our desire here to be led by God. We don't open these doors on Sunday to be a social gathering. We want an encountering, worshiping, hearing from, being led by the Spirit of the living God that happened every week. Not just here on Sunday, but whenever you go home. We want the Spirit of God. We want you to have an encounter, a worshipful time, a time of hearing from and being led by the Spirit of God every day of your life. That He would speak to you. That He would give you direction. That He would change your life. That He would build His church. Because after all, it is His church. He's the one that paid for it with his life. If you go on to read that, that verse, it says, so that, we, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Now, there's a word right there. That's a two-cent word for you right there, supremacy. There's another two-cent word if you have a King James version of the Bible. It's called preeminence. Maybe you have that version this morning. What that means is this. God should have the top place He is supreme above everything. He's the head. Not only is he the head, but he's the supreme. He's got supremacy above everything. And so the question today is this. Is God in charge of your life? Does he have supremacy in your life? Life is only relevant and it only comes to the platform place of making sense when you have a God connection in your life. Being grounded in your faith makes us talk about this idea of having a God connection and how deep and how rich, can I ask you, does that connection go? See, being grounded in your faith is more than just being grounded in religious instruments. You can wear a cross around your neck. You can put a fish on your car. And for some of you, I've seen you drive. You need to take that fish off your car. (laughs) Maybe put a pitchfork on it or something. I don't know. You can put a fish on your car. You can dress and display clothing that has a message, but it's more than just those things. 
Growing and being grounded in your faith is more than just those things. It typically, when trouble comes, if you're just surrounded by those religious instruments, if that's your, if that's your substantials, then your Christianity doesn't go any deeper than that paraphernalia. Being grounded in your faith is even more than the ministry that you're involved in. It's more than just what you do. When hardships come, when if someone says something or doesn't appreciate the what you the way that you think that you should be appreciated, man, we're really to just jump ship and throw in the towel. Why is that? Because we're not really rooted to God, we're rooted to applause. We need to find ourselves rooted, captivated, knowing that He is supreme so that when those difficulties come, and they will come, when the winds blow, and they will blow, you'll be able to, to echo the, the, uh, the Psalm of David in Psalm 34 when he says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. No matter what I'm going through, no matter how hard this thing is, no matter if my life seems upside down, topsy-turvy, if they've put an M90 in me and blown the whole thing up, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, my trust is in the Lord. I will bless His name at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Does God have supremacy in your life? That speaks to priority. That speaks to priority. Being grounded in your faith speaks to that. Is God your first call? Or is he just an EMT? Is he your first call? Or is he an EMT? EMTs are the last call. I remember my grandfather was still living. We did he would do everything known to man before he would call the squad. 94 years old, living at home by himself, suffering a heart attack, whatever the case, he would do everything he could. He'd pop aspirin, he'd try Sprite, he'd try anything he could to not call the squad because that was the last call he was going to make. We used to get on him about that. Like, Sprite is not a healer. Sometimes we treat God that way. God wants to be the first call, not the last. He doesn't want to just be your emergency response team. He wants to be the first call. He wants you to call him when you're looking for the job, not when you just got laid off. He wants you to to call him before you do anything. He wants you to pray consistently every day so that you can hear his voice and and you can set him before you in all things and you can follow his path for your life. See, when that happens, when, when you fully get that understanding and you put God first and you make the first call to him, you won't move until he speaks. You won't marry that person without hearing from him. You won't make that medical decision. You won't choose that job. You will put God first and before all things. And He will guide you. I believe 
Matthew 6, says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you put God first, if you put him in front of you first, God will take care of all the other details of your life. That's part of the reason for our week of prayer. It allows us at the beginning of the year to refocus our priority on seeking him first. On making sure that he has supremacy on crying out to Him to set the tone for the year, on worshiping Him because we recognize the fact that He's in charge. And we want to be in rhythm and moving with Him and listening to Him and understanding the fact that God can do more in three seconds than we can do in three hours. God's got to be first. And in him, it says, the Bible says this, all fullness dwells in Jesus. It pleased God to have all fullness dwell in him. Jesus. Say that name with me. Jesus. Jesus is the access to the Godhead. We praise Jesus. We call on Jesus. Jesus. When you speak that name, Jesus, all heaven takes notice. It's your access to the Father, Jesus. Jesus is the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And in Him is the fullness of all things. There is power. There is healing. There is deliverance from your addictions. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. And so we need to be grounded in that name. And so today, briefly, I have a couple things that I just want to talk to us about. And number one is kind of a review of what we've already discussed. And that's this. In what, where do we need to be grounded? What do we need to be grounded in? Number one, we need to be grounded in our relationship with God. We spent a majority talk, of time talking about this idea this morning putting him first, having him in preeminence and supremacy of your life. The question, though, that everyone must answer is this. Who is God in your life? Who is God in your life? Reminded, this, that, that question reminds me of a, of a conversation that takes place in Scripture. Jesus has his disciples, and I, I kind of picture this as kind of like a staff meeting. They're kind of sitting around the campfire, and, and this is just my, my image and how I, I picture it. And, and he's, they've just come from doing ministry, and, and Jesus has them all sitting around. And, and he asks them, he says, well, who do, who do people say that I am? And some say, well, man, you're John the Baptist or Elijah. And then he asks them this question, and it's poignant because it's personal. He says this, but who do you say? Who do you say I am? And Peter answers with the, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's a question each one of us has to answer. That's a question that Peter answered that in that moment. And all of us have to answer that in our life. Who is God in your life? Who do you say Jesus is? And in a context like this and in, in the surroundings like this, it's easy for us to say he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah. Glory. But you see, what, what I understand about sometimes our life is this. We can say that in the context of this, but sometimes when we go out and leave, our actions say something completely different. 
how we set up our schedules and our agendas, how we do things in our families, how we allow things to happen and to be in our life, how we just tolerate sin in our life. All of those things measure up this. We say, oh, he's the Christ, the son of the living God. As long as he doesn't do this. As long as he doesn't ask me to give up this. You're the Christ, the son of the living God, as long as you keep letting me do it my way. But your way will lead you to a path of destruction. You've got to do it his way. So when it comes to being grounded in your relationship with God, the thing you have to do is surrender your will. Oh, that's so hard, man. You're right, it is. It is so hard. I like getting things the way I want them, right? I like going to the, the local restaurant and telling them I don't want onions and they don't put onions on my stuff. I like that. I like getting things the way I like them. But sometimes in the kingdom of God, not everything that I have to go through is something I like. Not every trial I have to face is something that I enjoy. I know James tells me to. He says, consider it pure joy, brothers, when you face various trials. Oh, bless God, yeah. God, this is awesome. There are times I'm going to admit I don't enjoy everything. But I know why they're there. Because in those trials, it, it develops my faith and it helps me to be more grounded. And it helps me to understand who I am and who God is. He's the one that holds all things together. He sustains me. He helps me. He delivers me. He loves me. And he allows me to do the life that I live for him. The second way is this. You have to know what you believe in. You have to know your doctrine. You have to know what you believe. You may say, well, man, I'm stumped. There, there's a lot of things I read about this Bible that I don't understand. I am stumped about some things. Can I encourage you with this thought? Ask questions. Ask questions. If you were going to a job and somebody came up to you and they told you how to do this machinery and they told you you need to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and all this will come out and then you push this button and it'll all be good. And you're just like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then they leave and they go, you okay? You got it? You got everything under control? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you don't remember one thing, right? So what do you try to do? Come on. You fake it, right? How many of you have ever done that in the job? All right, the hands are going up. He, bless God. I don't understand what I'm doing, but I'm going to fake it. I'm going to do the best thing I can. I'm going to try to do this. Can I tell you, in your job, eventually what's going to happen? Somebody somewhere is going to see that you're faking it down the road because the product or the, the thing that you're doing or the thing that you're in charge of is going to go down the tubes. Why? Because you can only fake it so long. Well, the same is true in your study of the Scripture. You can chase after every wind of doctrine. You can think, you can hear a message like this and say, uh-huh, 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 I got it, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then when you don't really have it and you go out and you try to fake it, and then you try to put your own little twist on things, and you read your Bible and you're like, I don't get this. I don't understand it. So what do you do with your Christian life? You go like this. I don't understand it. I'm just going to put it on the shelf and I'm just going to wing it. Hello? 
That's what the devil wants you to do. The devil would have nothing more to you than take your scripture, fold it up, stick it on yourself, and say, I'm just going to wing this walk with Christ. You know why? Because it's only through this word that you get grounded deep. It's only by study of this word that you get grounded deep in him. So it's far better off to ask questions because when you learn why you believe, then you become secure in your walk with Christ. You understand why you're doing things and you want to learn and know what you believe even further. Can I just throw a little plug in here? For that to happen, you're going to have to get more involved than just a Sunday morning service. You need things like Wednesday night, Sunday school, Sunday night, to take advantage of opportunities to learn and grow in those opportunities that cause you to be grounded. You need to take your word and study it every day. You need to read your Bible every day. And if you don't understand, there are people around you that you can ask questions to. And one of the greatest things that someone told me this, when somebody comes to you, if you're like, man, I hope they don't ask me no questions. I don't know much myself. There's a, a thing that, uh, a, a phrase that I learned early on in my ministry that's been invaluable, and it's just this, I don't know, but I'll find out. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Somebody asks you something, you say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I'll get the answer you need. Why? Because I want to know too. I want to know, I want to grow in this too. See, asking questions and learning together is an awesome, awesome thing. Sometimes I think we forget things. We, we used to talk about in our family, <laughs> we, we used to think about having this shirt made that says, I forgot. Ours wasn't so much spiritual things. It was, I forgot to take out the trash, even though it was flowing all over the floor and running down the hallway. I forgot that it needed done. I forgot that the dishes needed done, even though I don't have any cups to drink in or any place to, to eat anything off of, and the sink is just piling up. I forgot to do those things, right? So we were going to have this shirt, man. I forgot. And I think sometimes we use that kind of excuse. I forgot that we have Wednesday night service. I forgot there was something in here on Sunday. Can I ask you this? How many of you are forgetting to eat? After about two or three days, I'm guessing that your body reminds you that it's time to eat. You don't need a KFC commercial. You don't need Papa John's to remind you when it comes up on the TV screen and you see that big old large pizza being pulled out of there. You know what? I think I might need to eat. You don't need that, do you? Why? Because you're alive. You're using nutrients. You're alive. You're, you're, you've got things in your body, man. You're using those things. And so your body tells you, oh, see where I'm going with this? Your body tells you, I need to eat. You need to put something in your gullet because I am starving here. Your body tells you that. So if you are alive in Christ, shouldn't your spiritual man be coming to you and saying, hey, I need to eat here. If you're growing and you're moving forward in your walk with Christ, there is something, there's an appetite, there's a hunger that God places in your spirit and it says, listen, I need to eat. 
I need to get involved in his word. I need to find somebody that's studying. I need to find somebody that's reading. I need to do something. I need to get in it myself. I need to devour this thing. Why? Because I'm starving, man. I'm hungry. Because I'm made alive in Christ. And live people eat. I know that's a real good word you want to hear on the week of prayer and fasting. But live people eat. Right? So many times, you know, I think we need to invite, I heard this said, and it was so powerful, we should invite sinners to church so they can hear, but saints should come because they're hungry, and it's time to eat, because they need the Word of God in their life, and it's time to eat. So I asked this question this morning in closing, are you hungry? Are you grounded in your faith? As I said earlier, this is a day for the church to rise up and be confident in Christ and to sow love and life and joy and compassion to people. Can I just share something that I have found to be the case in my life? I don't have necessarily, I don't know that I have scripture to back it up, but I found something to be the case in my life. God typically doesn't go do great things through shallow people. I'm going to say that again because I want you to grasp it. God typically doesn't do great things through shallow people. Their faith is based on their circumstances and their feeling. But if you want to grow deep roots, God can do mighty things through you. He can do mighty things in you. And when the storms come, you have anchored to Jesus with a deep root system. And he holds all things together. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, today, I ask, Lord, that right now you would just speak to our hearts today. God, we need to be grounded. We got to be rooted in you. So that when difficult seasons happen, God, we know that we can step up because our, our uh, faith is not based on the circumstances around me. My faith is based on something much more secure than that. It's found in my walk and my relationship that I have with you. And God, I pray that you would help us today. God, I, I'm talking in this room this morning, and there are those here today who their root system runs deep. It, it, they've, they've set themselves to study your word. I pray that the, the challenge of their heart would be that they would be even more hungry that they would go even deeper. God, there are some here this morning that they've, they've just gotten to the place where, hey, Sunday morning's enough. I'm good with that. I don't need to go anymore. Can I tell you, God, I pray that today, Lord, that you would, Holy Spirit, drive them to the place of hunger and thirsting for righteousness so they can be filled. Hunger and thirsting after you. Because, God, it's going to come a time when those who are weak when the storms come, they blow down. They blow down because there's no root system. God, I pray, God, there is so much potential right here in this room to reach this community and to reach beyond it into the world. We're already seeing, God, you begin to do that through people in this church and you're taking them and putting a call in their life and you're calling them to go to different places all over this globe. And for the God, for that, we are grateful. 
But the only way you get there is to be rooted deep. And God, we want to do mighty things for you, but we got to have roots. We can't be shallow. So Holy Spirit, today I pray, speak to our hearts about hunger and commitment. God, as we start this week of prayer, fasting, I pray, speak to our hearts about our hunger for you right now in Jesus' name. You're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor, I, I'm not as hungry as I need to be. I feel like I've malnourished my, my spirit. I feel like I've not really gone after God the way I need to. I feel like I've just kind of gotten by. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but man, I really need to get some roots. I need to get grounded in I can't think of other than the beginning of a year is a great time for us to think about growing deeper. I want to go deeper. And if that's you this morning, and you say, Pastor, I want to go deeper, would you just slip up your hand right now? I want to pray with you today. I want to go deeper. Yeah. Yeah, hands across this room. I want to go deeper. I'm tired of being shallow. I want to take advantage of the opportunities that are given to me. I want to go deeper with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, right now, if you raise your hand, would you just raise them up to the Lord again? God, that's me. Right now, as we pray, Father, right now, you see every hand that's raised to you. And with that hand comes a commitment, God, that says, I want to go deeper. It comes a prayer that says, God, I don't want to be shallow any longer. I want to continue my walk with you. I want my roots to continue to grow. I may have a good root system now, but I want them to be even stronger than they are. God, I need you. And Father, today I pray that you would just help us, Lord. Help us to grow deep roots. Help us, God, to, to understand, God, who you are and to give you supremacy in our life. That even when things in our life are, are going in a way that we aren't happy with, but God, if we hold on to you, you hold all things together. And God, you move in us. And I thank you for that, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you just remain seated for just a moment, I've asked Pastor Eric to come. He's got something he wants to share, something from his heart. I've asked him to do that at this time. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Um, I just wanted to uh, share something with you this morning. Um, heard this message today from Pastor Joe about going deep with God and what happens when you go deep with God is that God has uh, plans that he lays out before us for us to walk through. Um, and I preached a, a message on that last week about walking in the plans that God has for us. Uh, it's important for us to do that. It's important for us to step out in faith. These are very personal messages for me because um, Katie and I have been walking through this for the last several months, planning and preparing to take one of the biggest steps of faith that we've ever taken in our lives. For a while now, we've been feeling that God has been calling us to lead a church. Um, we've been searching for the better part of this last year for a church 
where we could serve as lead pastors or senior pastors. And as we continued to pray through the process and think about all the things that were happening, and we talked about it, um, and we talked about the, the contacts that we had made in Ohio and in different states, um, we really felt like God was calling us to something else, that God was calling us not only to lead a church, but to plant that church. And so we're talking about stepping out in faith and following God, and we said, okay, we're going to step out in faith and we're going to follow God. And so we begin thinking about areas that God may be opening up for us. And I actually mapped out a map of the entire state uh, with all of the Assemblies of God churches and said, okay, where's their need? Um, what's going on here? And so we have uh, uh, landed on Southwest Columbus, uh, Grove City area to plant a church. And so that's why I'm here this morning talking to you. Um, we are going to go plant a church in Grove City and part of that process for us means that we have to leave our position here at Byesville Assembly. And so this is in part very sad for us, but it's also incredibly exciting because we're stepping out in faith. And it's a little scary because we're stepping out in faith. Um, but we're following the plans that God has for us. And our goal is to hopefully be ready to launch this new church in January of 2018, uh, which is about a year from now, and uh, that's about right in the timeline. Most church plants will take about 12 to 18 months to plan out and launch, and so that's what we're hoping for. Um, we're excited about this. We're going to be the lead planters. Katie and I together will be the lead uh, planters here. We don't have a team uh, yet built up, so right now it's just us, um, but Katie's going to have a huge role in this this church as well. We're doing it together, uh, and in order for us to meet our goal of launching next year, it means that uh, uh, we feel it's best to get established in the community as soon as we can, and so we need to, uh, to leave Byesville so that we can get jobs, we can establish ourselves in the community, and we can start establishing this brand new church uh, in a growing community that needs a, a gospel-centered, um, Pentecostal message um, that Jesus is, is their Savior. Uh, and so we'll be here uh, at Byesville through the end of the month, and our last Sunday will be January uh, 29th. And we just want you to know that, you know, it's exciting for us, like I said, to be starting a new adventure. It's difficult to leave many of the friendships and relationships that we've built with you over the last uh, six years. I actually just celebrated six six years, I think, um, mm -hmm. being here. I moved the week between Christmas and New Year 2010, uh, and so now it's 2017, and so um, we've, we've grown very close to uh, everybody here, and we're so thankful that we've gotten to know you and to partner with you. Uh, I want to thank publicly Pastor Joe and Crystal uh, for their leadership and example for us, for putting a lot of faith and trust in uh, these new people who didn't have a lot of experience, but they said, yeah, come on board. Um, and also our board members, um, everybody that we've worked with in ministry, it's been an honor to serve uh, the kingdom with you. We really do love and appreciate all of you, and uh, uh, we, will, we will miss, uh, like I said, all of you and miss the, the relationships that we've built, but it's important that we follow the path that God has for us, just like it's important that you follow the path that God has for you, both individually 
and in your ministries and for this church. And I believe that God has great and amazing things in store for you and for this church. And I'm excited to uh, hear about all the things that, uh, that God's going to be doing in the next uh, months and years ahead uh, as you continue to follow and serve him and be a light to Guernsey County. Amen. And uh, one thing I appreciate about Pastor Eric is his integrity. And uh, I've known him a lot longer than six years. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> and uh, we affirm what God's doing in his life. It's our role as the body of Christ to send people. Now, that doesn't always make us happy, as I said earlier. Because I'm, you know, there's definitely nothing going on here that would, that we, we would want to part this other than God. And so we affirm God moving in his life, him and Katie, to go and to plant a church. We've been, he's kept me in the loop this entire process. Nothing's taken me by surprise. And uh, as, as Pastor Eric said, God has great things in store for him and Katie. And as they plant the church, God's going to do some amazing things through them. I believe that. And uh, we're, this isn't the last time you'll see him. He's going to come back every once in a while. Yeah. Yep. And uh, once he kind of gets a layout and a game plan, we're going to have him come back and just share that with us so that we can jump on board and partner even further with him in that endeavor and so that you're aware of what's going on in his life and his ministry and the life of him and Katie. One thing we want to do is uh, we want to pray before we leave today. Um, but uh, as I said, you know, God, when God opens one door for someone else, he opens another door and uh, the ministry of the kingdom still moves forward. Amen. And uh, we're excited. Um, I'm excited to see what God wants to do in his life and in Grove City and in here in Byesville um, because God's got great things. Amen? Amen. So let's pray and uh, let's ask the Lord to uh, just anoint um, Pastor Eric and Katie. Katie, would you just come um, as well? We're going to miss them. Um, I'm going to miss him in the office every day and we'll miss seeing him. Um, and I'm going to miss Katie as well. She pops in about a couple times a week, and it's such a joy to have them uh, in our church. But we affirm and we send them um, to, to do ministry that God's called them to do. So, Father, today we do that. We do that, Lord, today. We send your message, your messenger, to the southwest corner of Columbus, to Grove City, God, I pray as you have spoken to their heart and as you have, sp as, and you have provided way, God, for this to take place, and you're, as, as they take steps of faith, I know, God, that you'll meet them there. I know, God, that you have great things in store because the gospel is going to be preached and proclaimed. Lives are going to be changed. People are going to be touched. You're going to touch a community through them. And I thank you, God, for that. We affirm that, and we send them out today, Lord, knowing, God, that you have great things and great things in store for them. And, Lord, I pray just an anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest on them, God, as they make preparations, as, as you open doors of job opportunities and of community opportunities, and, God, just ways where they can get their foot in the door of what you want them to do. I pray in the name of Jesus, go before them. And God, direct their path. As they follow you, may they find, God, that you have already flung open those doors. God, I praise you and I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, 
Just want to uh, let you know a couple things. Uh, Pastor Eric will be preaching on the 29th. Encourage you to be here that special day. Also, we're going to have a special reception for them on Friday the 27th. Um, We'll have more details about that starting next week, but we're going to do a special uh, reception for them, let you be able to kind of connect with them and love on them and show your appreciation to them. Encourage you to do that anytime between now and then. You don't have to wait till that day, but uh, we're just so grateful. Amen. And I know that makes us sad and it's bittersweet because, man, I'm going to miss him. Um, But uh, we just look forward to what God has in store for us. Amen. Amen. Would you stand, please? Father, today we just affirm, God, you're working. And God, I pray in the name of the Lord, this week as we spend time in prayer, as we spend time with you, God, that you would just move in our midst. God, that you would direct our path and give us wisdom and guidance, God, we pray. Be with us this week as we seek after you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is another reason why it's important, all participation in this week of prayer and fasting, because we want God's wisdom. Amen. Wisdom for him and and Katie, and also wisdom for us as we go and we pursue what God has for us in the next level as associate pastor. Amen? So God bless you. Thanks for being here today.